Hey there, welcome back to Geeks with Kids, your bi-weekly geeky podcast from a parenting point of view. I am one of your hosts, Eric, and joining me this week is Shouse and Hawk. How's it going, guys? It's going good. Going Watch well, some Star Trek. Like, yes. Yeah. So it's Thursday. You know what that means? We are going to talk about Star Trek. Picard. That's that's right the now. new that's the theme song for this uh, the, for this particular show. <laughs> We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about song. Okay. Um, but before we go into the episode. Obviously, we're going to spoil the episode, so spoiler warning. We're going to go into depth about it, what our thoughts on it, and general theories and whatnot. But before we get into the episode, today is February 27, 2020, and it's been five years since Leonard Nimoy passed away. He was born in Boston, Massachusetts, March 26, 1931, and he died February 27, 2015. And he was the original portrayer of Spock in the original series. Yeah, we were talking about how much his portrayal, you know, affected us growing up and how he was such an important character in our lives, you know, as Star Trek fans. So we've come here to have a little discussion, maybe talk about our favorite moments of Spock as, uh, or maybe Leonard Nimoy in general. Is there any favorite moments you want to talk about? Um, Let's go start with uh, Hawk. Um, hmm, favorite Leonard Nimoy. I was always really impressed with him in the, the remake of The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mm. Kind of the one from the, the 80s? Was he in the one in the 80s? No, the one from the 70s with Donald Sutherland. And There's uh, so many remakes, so <laughs> I wasn't sure which one it was. <laughs> no, that was uh, one of the best remakes out there in that, and he was great And that. It's kind of the mastermind behind everything in that, or the, the kind of head pod person. Fair enough. What about you, yeah. Shels? What's your favorite uh, Leonard Nimoy slash Spock moment? Well, I'm going to actually go with... Um, with the movie Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, uh, which he actually directed. And there were just so many great moments where he was exploring like 1980s San Francisco, uh, w- w- you know, w- when, when they went to look for the, the humpback whales. And he had some of the greatest lines, like, you know, when, when he was asking Kirk about, uh, uh, about colorful metaphors, like double dumbass on you and things like that. Like it was such, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's such a great movie. And it, just watching him on the bus, uh, with yeah. that punk guy who's playing the music too loud on the stereo yeah. and he just reaches over and he just gives him the Vulcan neck pinch and everyone on the bus starts clapping. <laughs> it was perfect. His outfit was amazing that whole movie. Yes. It was just it was just wonderful. The toga. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the headband. Oh man. Um so my favorite moment, you know, I could always go with the you will always be my friend, Jim, from Wrath of Khan. But I think my favorite Leonard Nimoy thing is his uh, Bilbo Baggins song which just it shows up on my playlist every so often and it makes me smile so much i love it i love that he was such a big nerd outside of being a star trek icon so you know let's celebrate leonard nimoy long live and prosper we miss you long live and prosper live you know, live long and live long prosper. oh my god yeah, did yeah, i say yeah. it backwards let's do yeah, that yeah, i'm gonna yeah. cut that out live long and prosper <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to cut that up because I don't want to edit this tonight. <laughs> we, just, oh. we just lost half of our audience. I don't know. <laughs> Long live and prosper, and know the freeze and and the American dream. No. <laughs> Oh, live long. Oh, it's been a long night. We're recording at 11 p.m. We started. Oh yeah. Um, oh, so God, this yeah. episode, we are into the second half of Star Trek: Picard, where season one, episode six, "The Impossible Box." Um, so short summary of the episode. Very short summary. Basically, what happens? Um, Picard reunites with Hugh on the captured Borg cube and he finally, you know, connects with Soji. But we find out that Narek has been trying to figure out her intentions, where she came from. He figures out that 
through her dreams, he was able to figure out where she came from. Two blood moons in an electrical storm atmosphere. And then he tries to murder Soji. The episode ends with, what's that kid's name? El- Elnor? Elnor. Elnor. Elnor and Hugh holding off the Romulans as Picard and Soji sort of jump. They made their through, escape. They make their escape through this magical teleporty door. <laughs> like, like a portal. <laughs> a portal door into a... a to a planet yeah. that we don't know where. It was, it was we a Stargate. Do if you've seen the, <laughs> it was a Stargate. I didn't <laughs> want to say that, but that's what I thought too. When it came out, I was like, this is a personal Stargate. But yeah. So this, this episode was really interesting. It brought up a lot of un- uncomfortable feelings between all of the different characters in the show. So we had Soji coming to terms with her, having these dreams and not knowing who she is. We had Picard dealing with the Borg stuff, um, you know, which is understandable. He's... You know, he was sort of low cutest for a long time. This was a really emotional episode for him in that, especially with the panic mm-hmm. attack. You know, there was very, the editing on everything on that was amazing. Uh, yeah. You know, because it really the, kind when, of. Yeah. When he was doing the research at his table and he had Locutus on his uh, view screen and it kept yes. on switching between his view, like his image and the younger yeah. version of him. It was I overlapping his own face. That was, was really cool. So did you want to start this from the beginning? Who wants to talk about the first sequence? Go for it, uh, Hawk. What was the first thing that happened? Okay, the opening sequence is Soji in that and the dream of her childhood and that going down the long hallway and that to the open door and that peering into a, a room that she's not allowed to go into uh, and then waking from sleep next to Narek who's you know, continuing his probe of her and that trying to get to the, that information he needs and that and trying to figure out the best way to do it without getting killed. Yeah, it was, it's, it's interesting how he, they're, they're playing on their emotions between them, like her her um she's sort of vulnerable right but well, it's, it's hard he, to tell what he, his intentions are yeah he feels vulnerable too it looks like that he he sort of trusts her but is he trusting her because he knew he had the killer at the end or was it because he has actual feelings for her like it, it almost makes him more compelling of a character to think that he might actually have feelings for her and he's only he, doing it because he's getting pushed by his big sister yeah, like I feel like if he was just just doing his job as a Romulan spy, that kind of makes him hollow as a character. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I don't know, maybe like we, we we will get to it later in the episode, but there were definitely parts in the episode where you where once he sort of takes that plunge and and reveals to her what's what's what he's been up to, um you can see that it hurts him. Like mm-hmm. he he's watching through the door of her getting, you know, potentially getting killed and 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 it looks like it's it's really tearing him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that really shows the level of fanaticism he has behind this whole Jacques Vosht uh, ideology and that uh, that he actually cast himself into that situation and that where he does get emotionally attached to her and that even though he does know it, it just speaks yeah. to his level of commitment to this this ideology and this cause. Yeah. So what happened next, Chess? Do you remember what happened next? I think uh, I think that... See, I don't, I don't when, have... It was when uh, Aggie um, started explaining why Maddox died. <laughs> And yeah, there's this whole conversation of um, she sort of we, brings up. We this, all, as an audience, know what she did, but she's sort of trying to explain to them that that he he was just too know, far he, gone, too far gone, he had too many too many injuries. His heart just couldn't handle it. And then there kept being flashbacks to her actually, you know, killing him. Mm. And Turning you know, she was. It was great yeah. because the whole episode, each like these main characters, Soji and and Aggie and Picard, they kept on having these flashbacks and you can really feel the angst and all those 
that turmoil in them building because of the quick flashes. Like the directing on this episode was phenomenal. This show uses flashbacks more than I think of any other show. I guess, <laughs> Definitely more than any Star flashing, Trek show. Yeah, yeah. Flashing back to everything. But dude, well, maybe people don't remember last week's episode. Who knows? But yeah. um, it, I thought, I thought the sequence was really, really good with Elnor trying to just figure things out. And, you know, he's, he's open. He has to ex- say everything that's on his mind. Right. Cause that's his. Yes. Credo. Well, this is sort of where they come up with the plan to get Picard onto the Borg cube. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to use that absolute candor, right? That, that idea that they're just going to be truthful and they're not going to lie their way in. They're going to find a way to get in legitimately. Mm. No. Picard show. has no way of lying his way in on that. He's too well known. Uh, he's too well known to the Romulans. Uh, so yeah. there's a great, the Borg. Yeah. there's a great sequence in that. The, just the talk between Eggie and Picard where he's, She's sort of pushing him, pushing him about maybe, maybe the Borg aren't, you know, they're not as bad as they used to be. And he sort of gets into that first contact, oh, sort yeah. of snarl, right? He gets all we draw up. a line here, no father. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, they don't change. They metastasize. And it was like, oh, that anger is there still. Yeah. And you, oh, you think they'll, that they'll after, stay with him his whole life. Yeah. 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 Well, especially after what Seven said that, uh, you know. It, it hasn't gone away from her either, right? It's it's no. gonna live with them forever. Yeah, and he's sort of worried that when he goes back to the board cube, you know, they'll recognize him because he's Locutus. Everyone knows everyone because of the collective consciousness. One of them does actually. Yeah, yeah. in the episode, I, I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah, so, and he's Locutus, <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't even like a, it wasn't like a, a, a me thing. It's, it's, like, it's, oh, it's hey. me, Phil. You remember me? I'm, I'm Phil from Sector One Four Eight Seven Two. We had drinks that one night. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we assimilated a whole <laughs> population of people together. No, you don't remember. Um, so we find out that they want to go into the board cube, uh, pretty much being honest. They want to go there. They want them, their presence to be known so that it doesn't look like an act of war. Um, and that's when, uh, what's her name? Raffi. Raffi does her magic, their air quotes there and contacts a Starfleet member to get them credentials. Yeah. I don't like, I don't know. I, I still don't like Raffi. I still, if she feels weird to me as a character, I, I thought the sequence yeah. was neat. Like she mm-hmm. was pulling strings and, you know, playing on people's emotions on different characters. Uh, but I just don't like hers. I, I, I think know. this is going to be a redemption arc for her. I think yeah, over the long run, we're going to see her sort of redeem herself and maybe in the eyes of her son or whatever it happens to be. But it's yeah. at, at this point, just seeing her sort of stumbling onto the set, doing something and then stumbling away. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of hard to really like her as a character at this point. I think I mine think is more um surface level because I don't like the nickname JL. I just mm. it bothers me. It bothers me every time she says it. From the moment yeah. she said it in the first episode she was in, I was just like, No. You yeah. call him Jean Luc or you call him Captain or Admiral or you call him Picard. You don't yeah. call him JL. We're not at that point. I, I think it at this point in the in the series and that we're a little confused about what her purpose is in that right now. What does she bring to the table? Because uh, you know, as of as of the last episode of the ending of that, at this point, she's pretty much just a stowaway. She's she's yeah. a she's a plot device. She's just yeah. there to 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 help them get through a any particular plot problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's what that 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 is how it feels like, right? She's mm. there because she has some intelligence and she goes away. But you don't really she, get to found, you don't really she get found to know free cloud. Yeah. Right. She's the one who got them down there and, and got them all got set up the 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 meeting with uh with Bedazzled or whatever the character's name was. <laughs> right? Like she, Jazel. 
Yeah, she she sort of comes in. She she solves the problem, presses a few buttons in the computer, and then uh, they they just continue on with the story. So I, yeah. I I I hear where you guys are coming from. Like they 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 sort of brought like more to her character last week when we met her son, and that's mm-hmm. why she, I guess she's drinking. Not not I guess that's one hundred percent why she's drinking this episode. Yes, but like I wish we got to know more of her and not just yeah. the crazy conspiracy nut that we've seen so far or, or give us a little bit more of that they're still holding back i want to know mm-hmm. what her conspiracy theories were what, what yeah, did yeah. she get pushed out of of, of uh starfleet for what, what i, I would 100 percent be down with a flashback episode of just her going down that spiral yeah because then, be then you start to get invested in a character right mm-hmm. so she ends up getting the credentials for picard he has to go down solo he leaves Elnor on the ship. He doesn't want to, obviously, because he has to be her, his muscle, but he can't. So he goes down there by himself and he sort of has this giant freak out because yeah. he's on the board cube. It's been a long time since he's been on one. They did yeah. a good job of, of making you feel uncomfortable watching it. The camera angles and the, the and weird the, the movement. Yeah. 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 Like you felt like that you were feeling dizzy while you were watching it. Mm-hmm. Well, there were a lot of quick edits, and I'm pretty sure I recognized first contact uh, in those uh, sequences. And that I it don't felt know like first contact, right? Yeah, Jonathan Franks did not direct this one, though. So no. it, it was a lot of yeah. You felt dizzy, obviously, and you, there was yeah. a sort of paranoia as you were going through it, and it was great because the person who saves him is Hugh, who was very yes. excited to see him. Oh my goodness, yes. it was awesome seeing Hugh again. He's such a like seeing them together, like we've seen them in previous episodes, but seeing him with Picard again was heartwarming, right? Because yeah. Picard saved him and he's there to save him back. Save now, him remember, back. remember before we got to this sequence, we, um, we had a scene with, with Soji where, you know, how Narek was kind of trying to push her buttons a little bit, right? And, and where he, he tells her that every single time she calls her mother, it, the calls only last exactly 70 seconds. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah, about that scene. Every single time. And then she's like, well, what does that mean? And then she goes back and she sort of carbon scans all of her stuff. And she finds out that everything she owns is like three years old. Yeah, at most. <laughs> at most. Everything, and, all the pictures, her stuffed animals, everything. And that was uh, after she, she had called her mom and fell asleep. Like she was saying yeah. that she had always fall, fallen asleep when... She tried to keep herself awake too. She poked herself in the, in the hand with something. Yeah, it was great. That was, <laughs> a, that was really, really neat. Um, and then she freaks out, obviously, and tries to sort of go to Narek and get some comfort, right? Because they're mm. a couple. Well, she thought he she could trust him, right? He was insidious throughout that whole thing and that the cl- yeah. the calm way he drops little bits of information and in that you call your mother every night, don't you? And that and she wonders about how he knew that. Uh and then in the very you know, the next scene that they see with them and that, you know, he kinda uses his uh Tal Shiar credit and that the unspoken Tal Shiar credit and that to tell her that he's been monitoring the phone calls. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So she ends up confiding in him and he talks about this sort of Romulan mind meld exercise to help her go through her memories and they go off to yeah. the secret room in the board. Like cube. a, like a hypnosis kind of thing. She's yeah. accessing memories that she didn't have before. Yeah. It was sort of yeah. a hypnosis, a, sort a meditation, of like a meditation mind thing. Yeah. They it called was it Jalmak. <laughs> good, good, good notes there. <laughs> yeah. And we get to learn his true Romulan name there too. Possibly. Yeah, that was, that was possibly. That was a nice little moment though. It it felt real. Like he actually, it felt like he actually gave her the real name. Yeah. Which yeah. Is and, and and that's why I wonder if, yeah. if maybe if maybe there are parts of him that are like, in love with her. Well, you know? yeah. we'll talk, we can talk about the the scene after like when we'll, we'll get to there. So Picard and Hugh are trying to find her and they realize that she's nowhere on the ship or at least she's being cloaked and we go back to seeing this 
this whole memory thing that they're going through. And he walks her through her full dream, realizes her dad has no face. Yeah. And the person that's on the table is her, but in wooden form because she's a doll. It's like a sort. like a Pinocchio kind yeah, of thing. Pinocchio. Yeah. She's not a real girl. Mm. Um, she looks up to the sky like Narek asks, and there are two red moons and a lot of lightning, electrical storms. So that information is relayed to Narek's sister, who I can't remember her name. I don't recall her uh, name they, being they ever they said. Give us her name. They must have, but oh, they, they must they have. have. Uh, I just I hadn't written that part down. She's, she's, just, okay. she's just the sister that's just a little bit. You know, in a little bit with her brother. He was getting angry with her this week, and then yeah. see the little shove he gave her in that at the end. Yeah, yeah. so he the, really, the really yeah. dominance in that over her. Yeah, it, which is you know he wanted to uh, be assertive in that he he was actually there for his mission and not just yeah. for the girl. So th- he re- they relay that information to his sister. She searches for this place, which we assume is where she was built. The the red moon slash electrical storm place. So mm-hmm. sister yes. goes off, I assume, to find this place. And Narek leaves the room, locks the door. And in his little puzzle cube, it opens and some red radiation smoke comes out, which shows you had a theory maybe of... Yeah, yeah, I think that's the same stuff that they used to kill the Romulan High Council at the beginning of Star Trek Nemesis. Mm-hmm. When, when Shinzon uh, yep. decided to... Uh, you know, kill kill all of them and take control of the Romulan government. At the very beginning of that movie, he walks into the Romulan Senate and he opens up this little device, and then this red the red mist sort of fills the whole room, and everybody dies. And at least they if I'm remembering stone, right? correctly, I don't I don't remember. You said it's been a long time stone? since I've seen that movie, but it, it's weird because uh, this one they're they're like it's radiation. I, I you assume that she would be melting. Did she she had some radiation burn, so I don't know if it's the same thing, right? But she's also a robot. It's hard to tell. Yeah. yeah, it's also well, you know Star even Trek. even even extreme radiation could have killed Data. So, like what we're trying to figure out too, sort of to what extent of a robot she is. Like, mm-hmm. are we talking like a human Cylon kind of thing, or are we talking like completely robot on the inside but just human on the outside? She's an angel. <laughs> no. no, no, she's. Not. <laughs> That's it's a good question because at this point we don't know. We do know that she has like you know um, basically organic tissue. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Because was, when her sister died, you saw the sort of a skeleton when, when guts she guts exploding. Yeah. yeah, you know uh, she's she's able to participate in uh, uh, adult activities with with mm-hmm. Narek, yeah. But I would guess that data data was able to do that too. So yeah, that's true. So uh, so if we go back to the um, her getting poisoned by radiation, um, I feel like this is the part when she started getting activated, like fully activated, right? Because she she realizes her strength; she can punch through the floor. Any thoughts about her actually going through this? I feel like this is the beginning of uh, Soji's, you know, her memory getting reborn like Dodge had at the beginning of the first episode. Yeah, this was her moment and that exactly like Dodge and that, you know, she was in danger and that uh, and everything just kicked in and that. And as she exactly. Said, she felt, felt the thunder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she falls through the floor, ends up uh, meeting up with uh, Picard and Hugh. Hugh, you know, they... they Go, they go run in because they're being chased by the Romulans um, and they end up in the Queen's Chamber, mm-hmm. which is some cool shared memory between Hugh and Picard because they had never been in that chamber. They just sort of remembered they just knew it where it was. Yeah, they just being, know because every Borg knows everything every other Borg knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to escape, they couldn't teleport for some reason. I don't know. They didn't really talk about that. I would imagine shielding. Shielding. They open up a Stargate 
which was, I guess, new technology based on something or other that they. Uh, they say it was one of the. Yeah, it was one of the last things so that that cube is simulated, and that was some new tech. And that yeah, they they, they uh, assimilated seen, Atlantis, and now uh, they, they had to put in the, the they had to put in the chevrons so that they could <laughs> dial Earth. That's why it took so long for them to to, to leave. There was Richard, an Richard old... Dean Anderson showed up. It was really <laughs> it was very odd. Back, I think, in the first generation, in the first season of uh, TNG, and that there was a planet that had a similar kind of a uh, teleportation uh, technology. And that mm. shows you remember that episode. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they, they I, I try not to were, remember the first season. The first season, every, everybody was wearing like uh, hippie clothes and and walking around. All, <laughs> yeah, I, I was for a moment. I was wondering if the Borgs had assimilated that technology. Mm-hmm. So I, I just took a look at that at that scene from the beginning of Nemesis, and it was actually a, a green a green uh, cloud of radiation. Ah, failed, failed. So, so just, know, radi- was, just radiation, just uh, radiation smoke this time. Yeah. yeah. So they're getting they're waiting for the Stargate to <laughs> the Stargate to should charge up, and yeah. you know the Romulans start coming. But you know what? Elnor's there to save the yeah. day. Shows up to slice some people up. Yes, yep. very very wonderfully. And yeah. Picard doesn't want to leave him behind. Like he. he so th- there's this part I didn't quite get. Why why did he have to wait? Why couldn't they all have just stepped through the? They didn't want them to go through the gate as well. So they wanted to make sure it closed, and they never found that room. Because it was in a room that they had talked about before. Right. Uh, right. They wanted it to be hidden. And Elnor was there to make sure that, I guess, Hugh and them yeah. made sure their escape was okay. 100%. Um, yeah. But it was, it was a nice moment between Picard and Elnor because yeah. he left them behind before. And he's like, I will not leave you this time. And then he left him. He, he goes, I, re- I release you from your pledge. And he goes, I, I, I decline to be released. I decline to be released. It was such a great moment. And we know he's not going to die, obviously. Nope. He's going to be in the next episode. Or He's in the trailer. Well, he could have been the trailer at the beginning and then die, but you know, we never did. Well, let's, let's hope not. And yeah. the episode ends on that. Picard and Soji jumping through the Stargate, going to a planet that we don't know. But we, we were given the name of the planet. I don't remember it, but we were given the name of the planet. And, and right before they went through, they, they contacted Rios and told him to, to meet them there. Yeah. They said the, the, the reach was 40,000 uh, 40, 40, light, light years. Is, that's not how far they went, though. Because no, no, no. Voyager that was just, traveled uh, 70,000 light years, right? So yeah. You never know. Maybe, maybe they got better. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, what do you think of this episode on a whole? It was really good. I'm I'm glad they're advancing the story and that they're mm-hmm. at that tipping point now, and that it go it has to go somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad Oji's away from Narek, uh and is in beginning her realization about what's going on. So, For I'm sure. expecting great things from the next episode. We we'll talk about the trailer in a second. What did you think, shows of this uh, episode? The same. Like I, I felt like parts of it were kind of like you know narrative filler. Like they were just sort yeah. of moving us to the next part. But it, it was really exciting to see uh, Hugh give that little tour to Picard of what they were doing in the cube. Sort of answer a few yes. questions about you know that they have this ability now to deassimilate all of these people and try to bring them back uh, as members of society, which I thought was really neat. And there was this sort of realization that Picard was like. Well, they're they're actually people. They're the victims underneath, right? There's that amazing yeah. walkthrough, and but you know, you know that there's some some political commentary built into that idea, right? This idea of of that you can't judge a book by its cover. That everybody hundred oh, has, has a chance to to redeem themselves. These are definitely refugees, right? Yeah, and, and they're there, and that that theme was very apparent. Yeah, yeah, that they were the victims, right? But it was, I don't know, there was there was so much. 
to this episode. Um, I'm really curious about uh, uh, Aggie's character um, mm-hmm. because, you know, she was, uh, she was in the process of showing her vulnerabilities, but also you could see that she had a little bit of, um, uh, I don't know the right word, but you know, where, where she sort of took uh, Rios by the hand and she was like, you know, going to, going to have some fun with him. Mm-hmm. Um, even after mm-hmm. her her love interest was just killed, like just <laughs> recently, yeah. like, there's, she's there's an interesting character. I really like it her. Also raises this episode raises some uh, questions about what her her intentions towards Soji and that uh, she killed Bruce Maddox to uh, you know to make just, sure they didn't find her. Yeah, her, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, much to it, the chagrin of what happened this episode. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting, it, it, especially since we know that next se- next episode they're going to be going towards them. Um, yeah. yeah, but anyway, so I thought this episode uh, before we talk about the trailer for next week, I thought it was really good. I thought the the idea of all these main characters going through their trauma and trying to go through it, it was it was great. Like they relived it, yeah. and then they're trying to they've all begun their journey, accepting it and moving past it. Mm-hmm. Sort of the thing. Um, seeing Picard go through his his Borg trauma after being. Acutus and first contact and all that. It was amazing. It was, he is a phenomenal actor and just seeing him go through it again. Oh yeah. Brilliant. Great. I think Alison Pill, like I said earlier, is doing a wonderful job as Aggie. She's a very, conf- a very conflicted character and she's, she, there's some sort of downward spiral slash, um, I guess, uh, rebellious type nature. Fine. Like you just, you were saying, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's great. Like she knows the yeah. Sorry, I, I like the character of Rios as well. I like him too. He wasn't really in this episode that much. Like he was doing that thing with the soccer ball. Like he's just, I'm trying to figure out what he's trying to represent. You know, mm-hmm. necessarily like uh, he he's Han Solo. He is our Han yeah. Solo so far. Or what was the Dash Rendar? He's the da- He's not quite Han Solo, but he's trying to be. He's Dash. He's much Rendar. more well-read than Solo though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know he's got a backstory too that we don't know yet. One hundred percent. You have, you have to figure someone who programs all the holograms in your ship as yourself. Yeah. There has to be something there behind that. Um, yeah. Especially if those are the only people you're talking to on long trips. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think all the characters are very much getting into their element now. They're, we're trying to we're figuring each one out, except for you know Rafi. She's yeah. the only one I, I don't quite understand yet. And I hope they move forward on her character. I, I'm sure they will. They've done most of the other characters justice. Anyway. Sorry, Hawk, you're going to say something? Uh, nothing. I was thinking next week and that we're going to finally see how them, uh, like how they react as a team and that under, you know, because under stress. Yeah. So the trailer, yeah. we see that um, the Borg Cube is following their ship as they try and, you know, meet up with Picard and Soji. And there's, you know, we see that uh, Aggie is sort of agitated and trying to figure out how to get all. It's it, it's a great trailer. Like we see them in a tractor beam, and we see and the final image is Picard going up to Jonathan Frank. Oh wait, not Jonathan Frank. <laughs> What's his name? Riker. Riker at his house. So we get to see another TNG person. Which I hello, hello number one. Yes, uh, wonderful. Hello, Will. That what he says. I can't remember. I think so. I think he says hello, Will. Uh, because uh, yeah, number one is number one is the dog now. <laughs> any uh, yeah. any predictions before we go into uh, next week's episode about next week or even f- for the future? Do you want to say anything? Or do you uh, just want to? I've got a massive prediction, but I don't know. I I don't want. To, I'm gonna put a, put out a, a warning just in case because I don't know. It could prediction be way, warning. I could be way off. Prediction Wee, warning. Beep, 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 beep. 
Yeah. Okay. So, so on, and, uh, okay. So I was talking to uh, some, some colleagues at work about the show and we were talking about some of the, the next generation cast members returning and, and, you mm-hmm. know, being in this show. And um, one of, one of the things that came up in the first episode was this idea that Bruce Maddox had come up with where he could, he believed that he could use even from a single engram, he could rebuild data completely. Yep. And, um, and that, that idea was kind of thrown away in that episode. It was mentioned, but kind of thrown away. And then I'm thinking, looking at Soji and Dodge, how they're both uh, basically human androids, right? Like we talked about Cylon before, this idea that they're human androids. And mm-hmm. so I was thinking to myself, how are we going to, uh, how are we going to see more data? Are we going to get Brent Spiner back in the show? And I think we're going to get Brent Spiner back as a human data. Yeah. I think we're going to get him. He's finally going to reach his, his, his goal of becoming human. And he's the same technology that created Soji and Dodge. We're going to see, I don't know if it's going to be on this planet. I don't know if that's going to be the dad without a face. I think we're going to see Brent Spiner again. I 100% believe that as well. Um, yeah. I, I thought that since the first episode when they mentioned that. I was like, oh, well, they're going to go meet their dad one day. Right. Um, and, either and, that and, or they do the morbid thing and he becomes like the Borg queen. Oh, maybe <laughs> just floating everywhere, just the upper tars- torso. Because there was always the worry because um, Ben Spiner being supposedly uh, when he played Data, the the character is not supposed to age, mm-hmm. right? So the rest of the characters, it made sense for them to get older, right? But even it, when they, he had his makeup on, you could tell that he was older Data. Yeah, right? they, they they did a good job, but you could tell lots of yeah. tape. Yeah, so <laughs> so we're we're gonna. I'm hoping that we're gonna get to see Brent Spiner uh, finally as a humanoid. Yeah, finally data. as a human, he's gonna get. To, there's gonna be this amazing moment with Picard, where where there's gonna be some closure for Picard, where he's gonna where he's gonna meet Data and and he's gonna see Data and Data's gonna. You know what I mean? Because this this whole idea that Picard's been struggling for all these years because of the loss of Data, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's my uh, that's my prediction. For, I I hundred percent agree with you. Um, if he is a humanoid data, do you think he gave himself a human name? What's his name? Like Dan? <laughs> I don't go by data anymore. I'm Dan. He will always be data no matter what. How you uh, it would be neat if he was like data song, right? Like a new name song type name. Like, sure. yeah, I like at, first, at first I thought maybe maybe he might also have to sacrifice himself to save Soji. Um, because they would have to find a way to kill kill him off no, again. But don't then kill like, Data already, again. Data already sacrificed himself once in one of the movies. So why would he sacrifice himself again? I don't know. It, it would make that movie less impactful, if that yeah. death impactful. It'd be like, you know, Darth Vader dying <laughs> by killing the Emperor and that being his redemption arc. And then, you know, the Emperor coming back for death. Who would ever do that? <laughs> The, pit, the pitfall they have to avoid is the search for Spock. How do uh, how so? What do you mean? Like having uh, just come back in a, a baby an form? Impa- an impactful death that was ruined by a third, by you know, a, a, an outcry of mm. people who you're saying we, we we need Christopher Lloyd in a future episode. A hundred percent. That would be amazing. <laughs> I don't know if it's much of a theory in that, but it's a continuation of something that was introduced like in the second episode. And that what uh, about this illness with Picard and that? Uh, yeah, this has I been mean, a, a a thread that's been going since the last what last episode of TNG or last yeah, last the episode very last episode. All all good things, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Um I I assume that it'll 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 be a thread that will be talked about, if not more explored in the second season. Yeah. 
Because we got we got Guinan in the second. Yeah, season. especially yeah. since it's supposed to affect his memory, right, and his his uh, brain functions. Um, I feel like Guinan's there to will be there to help him through that. Because she always Maybe. had that connection with him. Right, right now, he's still really sharp. Like he's not he's not really losing his cognitive. No, he abilities. hasn't deteriorated. You, you would think that it would go a little bit more, especially since it was such a pivotal moment in like the second episode, right? Yeah. Um, but no, no. Not I just want Q to I just want Q to come in and snap it away for no reason. You know what I really Q want? Totally do that. Be I want you now though. I want my murder of Romulan mom and dad back from Picard's branch. I want them to be part of the crew. I miss yes. them. Oh, they're so they're so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they become the actual crew in the second season because they were wonderful. Um right. Anyway, let's throw this out to our listeners. What do you think of this episode of Picard? What do you think? things are going to go to in the next episode. How do you think the season's going to go? Why don't you send us a note on email, on our socials. We are everywhere. Thank you, Michaels, for coming on and talking about Picard. I always enjoy my Thursdays because I get to geek out a little bit after watching an awesome show uh, with Yay. two of my good friends. Um, Absolutely. So, so I look forward to talking to, well, Hawk tomorrow because we're talking about Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> and uh Shouts will talk to you, you know, whenever. I guess we have to play the division or destiny or something. Yeah, we do. We got to play. All right. Thank you guys for coming on. Thank you for listening. Have a good one. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Let long live and prosper. Live long, prosper. (laughs) 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 Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.